I see you, you know. I see you moms out there. I see that you're tired and you're worn out from another long day. Your coffee or tea is cold, and even though you microwaved it four times today, you go back to do it the fifth time, because I've been there like a hundred (laughs) times. I swear to God, today I put my tea in the microwave three times, and then I just gave up after that. But the kids ate well, and the last thing you had was the second half of your toddler's toast you didn't want. That's my life, I guess. And well as yours, probably. Somebody's. You swept twice, but all you see is cookie crumbs across the living room carpet. It's almost like homemade confetti that they put there, and they're having fun. And you don't want to be the mom that freaks out and loses it, because that becomes their inner voice. And that's how I feel, anyway. Doesn't mean I'm right, but I just think, don't freak out. Don't freak out. I don't want them... Not that you want them to make a horrible mess, but it's like, just sweep it up and move on. And sometimes bedtime doesn't go as smoothly as you want. Maybe it happens all the time. Maybe it's rare. Maybe once in a while it's just super bad. And by the time that kind of wraps up, you just can't wait to get to bed yourself. And it's okay that the supper dishes are sitting in the sink, not rinsed yet. It's alright that instead of cuddling with your partner to watch a movie, you want to crawl into bed, drift into sleep, and dream that you've dreamt of since probably, like, after dinner. Two o'clock, I start dreaming of bedtime. It's just the truth. And I love my kids, but... It's just another day of being a mom, and that's full of many layers and many roles that we play, eh? You seek a moment of silence in the bathroom, pretending to have a pee, but you're really just skimming through the latest book you scooped up, trying to get a couple of pages in before the kids storm in, (laughs) and they start asking you about what you're doing. You seek more awareness for your child and their special needs, and the world today feels like a very unfair place. It certainly does. And you seek a moment with your partner that is even a little sexy, because you want to keep that part of you alive. And it's freaking hard, man. That's one of the hardest struggles for me. I felt like motherhood didn't drain the whole sexy feeling, but it certainly put a number on it for me. By the time the nighttime comes, and it's like the boom boom option is there, and I just want to rest and sleep and eat, maybe. I want some carbs and I want some sleep. And that's terrible, but it just is. And I know that part is still in there. And it comes out. I won't get into details, but it comes out. It just takes a lot more to do that. And it's funny because you, you, when you first have kids, you don't. You're like, no, it's not going to get affected. Okay, then. When people say that, I kind of smile and realize, yep, it does affect it. And it is what it is. And that's okay. Just recognize that it affects it and make sure that you put certain work in and figure those things out. The hustle to the grocery store isn't simple anymore. You juggle keeping the kids entertained as you try and search for the healthiest snack that does not cost a fortune. When you do get to go alone, it's like this beautiful sanctuary. You swear to God you're in two, you're in like Dubai and you're walking through the aisles and you're just, this is amazing that you can look through the bananas to pick the right ones instead of just grabbing some and realizing when you get home that they're too ripe. 
You try and shove in all this in like one day. You always set the expectations so high. And by lunchtime, the reality hits and you just feel down because you didn't accomplish all these things that you had in your head. You're taking care of the kids. You're making sure they eat okay as best as you can. My eldest lives on Katie, man. Emmett lives on Katie and his snacks. But people would judge me real hard. But if you can get him to eat any other things, be my guest. That is a part of his sensory issues, big time. Probably the hardest thing to deal with, because Pat, it's great that he eats pasta, but I would love if he ate some more stuff. And we play around with it all the time, but it's hard. As a mom, you spend your day filling up the buckets of hopes and dreams and praying that your kids know you're always there for them. Am I right? I always hope that they know that, like, at this age and older that I'm there. And taking care of them right now is not a short explanation. It's so much deeper than rhyming off all these things that you do on a daily basis. It goes so much deeper than that. Because you want you feed them, you make sure they're sleeping, you keep them clean. And then there's this whole other layer of hoping that you don't screw them up. And it's, it's there. If you don't want to admit it, then don't. But it's there. You think, God, don't let me screw up. The reality is we are going to screw up. The reality is we're going to make lots of mistakes. But just recognize them. And admit to your kids when you screw up. Because everybody does. It's not just you. They're going to screw up in their lives. And that might be a hard pill, pill to swallow. But it's just the truth. And we go to bed with all these goals in our mind that we're going to do when we get up in the morning. We're going to do our hair and makeup. We're going to wear iron clothes. Then you wake up. And as soon as your feet hit the floor, it begins. The diaper changes, brushing teeth, making breakfast. By the time mid-morning has arrived, you are standing in the hallway in a robe and have decided this is it for today. And maybe we'll try again tomorrow. Whether you're working, stay at home, working from home, you are always chasing balance as a mother in our millennial world. I'm chasing it with you. I am participating in this all-too-crazy fast-paced race, too. But I'm also rooting for you in every way, shape, and form that for you as a mother, for you as a woman, I'm here for you. You get it done. You push yourself. You work hard. You build a life for your family. I am sending you all a virtual high-five right now. You need to give yourself credit for everything that you do, people. It's really hard for me to do that too, believe me. I struggle with that. I Sometimes it takes a really big thing for me to recognize that I deserve that high five. You fiercely love your family and literally take every day as your role to make things happen for them. It's so the truth. As much as we do stuff for ourselves, if somebody is going to lay out this pie chart, we are doing stuff for everybody else because... We want to make sure their world stay afloat. You make sure the crusts are cut correctly. You give the best hugs because all moms do, or most of them at least. I am not a hugger. I Apparently I was when I was younger, but I am not a hugger. I'm not a touchy-feely person really. But with my kids, that's one thing that's good that my mother has said to me is that She's like, you're not a hugger, but you're a hugger with the boys, and that matters. So I feel like if I have that, then I'm good. So that they know that hugs for mom are genuine, and I give good hugs, then 
we're we're good in that area. There's all these other areas I want to work on, but that area I think I'm okay. Motherhood is hard. We're tested every day. But hard days don't make up this whole experience. I know that it feels like it sometimes, and I know we go through chapters where you feel like you're just in this tunnel of hard. <laughs> and but it's not the whole thing. It's really not. There's so many other things that we can look at. And I know that you feel like a permanently exhausted robot. Like I feel like a robot sometimes on autopilot, like I've said. But you just gotta make sure you get your oil changed from time to time. See what I did there? <laughs> Apparently we're robots and we get our oil changed, but it's a good it's a good analogy. It's a good metaphor, I guess, of what we kinda do. But I'd like to think that we're we have a heart and a brain and we're a little bit more than robots, no offense to them. We are the home base, people. The encourager, the safe space, the mom. We make magic happen. And we are magic a little bit. Let's give ourselves some credit. I'm not the best mom, the perfect mom, but I try to be the best, okayest mom, is what I like to say and what I've seen on a lot of mugs, which I kind of like. We're trying our best and we make sure we have some nurturing left over for our own soul too. Our soul needs that. As much as our kids need it, our soul needs it too. And it doesn't mean we need to spend hours a day doing things, but we need to be intentional with what we put together for ourselves and our daily life. Whether it means making sure we wake early enough to have a cup of tea in silence for 10 minutes. What is silence anyway? I actually don't know that in my house. I can't do the waking up early thing because my kids are already up at 5.36 o'clock and I'm not getting up any earlier than that, I'll tell you right now. That's me though. I have my night. My kids are asleep by 8, knock on wood, and then it begins. I'm here. I do tidy up a little, but I pick something every day. I try and pick something that I know will help ignite that fire. Something like this podcast. Tonight I said, you know what? I'm not due to new, to, on my little schedule to do another episode until Thursday, but I feel like having a chat tonight, and so thank you for joining me because I do. I just felt like coming on. Remember that your children see you. They see mom. That's who they see. I read this quote that ha- that really stuck with me and it's something that anytime it comes up in my Facebook feed and that I always share it because I do it for me and I do it for any other mom that might feel the same way that I do sometimes. It kind of sums up that if a child is performing or graduating and they look into the audience, they're looking for their mom and seeing her as the greatest joy in those moments. They don't need the extra add-ons. They don't look at you and say, oh, that's my mom that made, you know, Crash Bandicoot out of my pancakes. That's the mom that, you know, alphabetized this. They don't see any of that shit, guys. They just see mom. So just be mom. I know that there's all these expectations now, but just be you and love them. The biggest thing that you need to do, do everything in love, as hard as motherhood is, like I said. Do everything in love. If your intention is to love and everything you do for your children is in love, no matter what that is, whether it's laying with them and just listening to them breathe as they sleep, because we've all done it, I've done it, I still do it. Do everything in love, even on the hard days. 
because that's what our kids are going to remember. Our kids aren't going to remember, like I said, I'm trying to think of all these examples because I'm not, they're not going to remember you as the Pinterest mom. That sounds terrible because I know a lot of Pinterest moms and I think it's fantastic, but I don't think that's what everybody has to be. Be you. If that's who you are, then, and it makes you happy yourself personally and you're not doing it under any pressure, for God's sake, keep doing it. But if you're doing it because you think you need to live up to something, don't. Just be mom. That's all they need. And when they grow up and they get older, they don't remember any certain things. They just remember that mom was there and that there's an unconditional love. That's what matters. So let's try and keep up with this chaos, this race, like we're always doing. I'm running beside you and I'm rooting for you in your motherhood adventure full on. I might be on a different path than you, but it doesn't mean that I don't want you to succeed on your own path. And I sure as hell hope that we can all, as different as we all are, we can all just be each other's cheerleaders and stop this whole judgment train of the millennial motherhood thing going on. It's absolutely ridiculous. I remember having Emmett, and that was 2012, and it was slowly starting. There was all these little pressure things, and thank God I never fell into the hole. I never fell into the hole of giving in and doing everything everybody else was doing, because people said that's the way you were supposed to do it. I didn't know what tummy time was until my kid, till like months ago. I mean, I put them down, stuff like that sometimes on their stomach, but I didn't know it was... Now I've had a friend who has a new baby and they, they're they like, they have people being like, well, you need to do it for 30 minutes a day. I'm sorry. When my babies were three months old, God love Emmett, he was colic, so he was in our arms most of the time crying, bless his heart. But both of them were in our arms. And you know what? I'm eight years, almost eight years into motherhood and I don't regret as hard as some nights were, believe me. Some nights you're like, dear God, I just want to sleep. Like, just knock me out now please if the baby would just sleep for two hours but for heaven's sake don't wish it all away and I know you're some of you are so sick of hearing that they're like I see you I see you guys too and I love you but you're so sick of being reminded and you're like I just want them to grow up that's okay but remember that childhood is the shortest season people it really is. Emmett is going to be eight this year. Sam is going to be four at the end of this year. And I would give anything to go back to the newbie days, colicky or not, just for a day. I don't want any new babies. I really don't. God, please don't jinx me. I love you. Please don't give me another life form. <laughs> but in all sincerity, it's just precious and... My point is, is when you're in those days, follow your baby and follow you and don't get yourself into this knot of tummy time 30 minutes a day and only feeding every four hours and all these things that get really thrown at you. And I notice such a big difference in just these seven years of motherhood for myself. I was one of the, I was pretty well the first mom or one of the first moms to have a baby, like I said, and it kind of just started to brew. It kind of just started to brew that little bit of all these pressures. Like, oh, you know, sitting eating cut up chicken and, you know, stuff not cut up at all at a year old. Why is your kid still eating puree? Feed your kid whatever you want. Like, don't make sure everything is cut up properly. 
I mean that in the whole grape scenario, you know what I mean. But don't let people make you think that you need to be at certain stages at certain times because it will drive you crazy. It will drive you crazy. And don't think you need to follow any trends. Just do you. And if you like some of the trends and you want to follow them and they work and it's safe and it's seems to be working wonderful for your kid then that's awesome but do not fall into the pressure cooker of the modern motherhood the stuff that keeps going on because it's getting so much worse I'm watching my friends in the last two years Sam is three and since I had when I was in with Sam and I had him it even deepened from when I had Emmett which was crazy it's crazy it started for me early on because I did not want to breastfeed. And don't attack me, please. I had no desire before I had kids, during pregnancy, after childbirth. I had no desire, did not want to. Not because I'm against it at all. Anybody I know who has breastfed, you can ask them. I'm like, dear God, you are a warrior because it's not in me. I want to keep myself like I already have all I'm set mine's purely selfish it's nothing to do with I'm purely selfish I don't want a baby on me all day and with that being said the baby my babies were on me most of the day but because they were both god love my boys are both attachment children which is totally fine it's okay they're who they are and but I did not it was just not something I feel as a mother You need to go with this whole instinct that is inside your heart that's burning. And mine didn't burn for that. I didn't think I missed out on anything by making formula for my kid. And you might hate on me, but I'm good with as long as you freaking feed your baby. If you have him on the boob or if you have him in a bottle, I don't care as long as you're feeding him. And that's me. And I actually have a higher respect for breastfeeding mothers because I... I don't know how hard it is, obviously, because I have never done it. But I have a complete deep respect because I've watched some of my dearest friends struggle in certain areas with mastesis and just different things like that. That I'm like, my dear God, you are a strong damn woman. Because I couldn't do it. And I also do think it's beautiful. And I've watched it. And sometimes I go back and I'm like, "Eh," but I don't regret it. Because I wouldn't be where I'm at now. And God love Emmett, when I think about it now, and Sam, both my kids were like bottle-feeding, soothing kids. So they would have been on me till, God forbid, three years old. Which is okay too, but not for me. (laughs) Not for me. I wouldn't, I don't, I would not still want to be feeding my baby like that at three. That's a personal preference, just because it'd be like, okay, buddy, we got to move on. We got to get to the cups. We got to get to this. I know lots of parents reading articles, not personally, let me rephrase that. I know lots of people actually do breastfeed later, and that's totally fine, too. You do you. I, but we can all say how we feel about ourselves and our choices, and that's okay, too. Wow, we're at 20 minutes. This is insane. I thought I didn't, I didn't think I could talk this much, but I guess that I can. I'm trying to make things a little longer because there's not a ton of short podcasts. 
Every time I see them, certain ones, sometimes you kind of want to just hit play and do your thing, which is what I'm kind of hoping to do here. If you're wondering what my hope for this is, I hope I'm something that... I hope I can bring something to the table that if a mom is getting herself ready in the morning, she can throw her phone on a podcast or drive somebody driving to work. Things like that is what I'm kind of hoping I can bring to the table here. So there ain't no hood like motherhood, eh? We really, really have no idea until it happens to us. doesn't matter how old we are. We're like, wow, we are here. And like I said, and I, I say it a lot, but really don't remember before I was. I certainly remember memories. I certainly remember my life, but, you know. So I'm going to end this episode with an excerpt from my book, actually, because I think that it sums up a lot of what I'm talking about in this episode. So I'm just going to kind of jaunt it out to you because I think it can resonate with at least some mothers, if not all. Before motherhood, even before pregnancy, there was a lot I never knew. I woke up today tired and groggy, making my morning tea, looked at myself in the mirror to see a hot mess, and two little boys stand next to me playing with their trains in the sink as I brush my teeth. I never knew that getting pregnant wasn't that easy. I never knew it would take almost three years each time for a successful pregnancy. I never knew that morning sickness could last all nine months both times. That was interesting. (laughs) I never knew that the first kick would feel so alien-like. That I never knew that singing to my belly would actually cause the baby to fall asleep. (laughs) That happened with Sam, God love him. I never knew that planned out pregnancy, sorry, I never knew that all these planned out pregnancy thoughts went to the trash once you gave birth. There was all these things that you have set up, I did, that this was the type of mother I was going to be, and I don't think there is any type, to be honest with you. They can label all these things, but I think we just, I fall into some sort of weird, I don't even fall into a category, I don't think, I don't think most of us do. I never knew what it looked like until a a c-section looked like until I YouTubed it. Thank God I YouTubed it after I had my c-section. Mind you, that didn't help for the second time. I never knew that eating fish cakes and beans were a bad idea to eat before a c-section. Yeah, they tell you not to eat, and then I'm starving, and my mother gives me fish cakes and beans, and that just didn't end well, as you can imagine. I never knew that the worst pain would be when they push on your belly after to check your uterus. No one prepares you for that one. They try and tell you about all these other things to prepare for, but no one prepares you for that one. It is, it does not tickle. I never knew what it was like to go to the bathroom the first time after having a baby. It is terrifying and you are scared the whole playpen is going to fall out. (laughs) I never knew how much my mom loved me until I had a baby and felt that feeling. I knew that my mother loved me, but it's not until you have your own kids that you realize what your mother would do for you and how she feels. I never knew the true tiredness of caring for a newborn. That's just a shell shock. I'll just leave it at that for right now. I might talk about that another time, but it is just a shell shock. Shell shock. 
I never knew that we would go through seven different formulas before we found one that agreed with Emmett's belly. I never knew that my baby would not sleep in his bassinet or crib. Instead, he slept peacefully in the motorized swing for months. Those swings are a godsend. We went through a lot of batteries. <laughs> I never knew that speech therapy would become a part of our lives. Or that making a calm space for my toddler would actually be a thing to help him regulate. I never knew it was going to be so damn hard to make mom friends. And I never knew the joy of actually finding mom friends. I only have a little pinch of them, but I don't know what I would do without them. I never knew what early intervention was at all until I had Emmett. And we went all through that. I couldn't have, if somebody had said that to me, I would have no idea what they meant. And it's funny because I'm on the other end now that I know these moms who are being introduced to it and are on the same boat that I was. And I try and approach it with the softest way I can of this is what it is. Because I didn't have anybody ask to ask when I was going through it. I never knew the judgment from other parents when we do something out of the ordinary. I never knew that I would be staying up until 2 in the morning working on PEC's program for Emmett. Lots of nights doing that. PEX is, for people that don't know, is picture exchange communication to help kids uh, find their voice and communicate for what they want or need. And schedule, like there's all, that's a whole other, that's a big thing to explain. I never knew the kind of tiredness that you would feel as a parent and that there are friends that are just not going to get it and you can talk them blue in the face and they're just not going to get it. And I'm not being mean. But like I said, I'm very honest and I'm about being just, I, I, real is so overused, but it's just the truth. I just want to be real. I just want to say it that unless you have pushed a baby out or had them cut out like me, I guess, or been in that motherhood realm, then when you're trying to explain something, they're not fully going to get it. And it doesn't mean you're better than them. I don't mean that, oh, I'm better because I know. I don't know what it's like to travel the world and I have friends who have traveled everywhere. But I can't relate to what that feels like. I never knew that it would bring, make a whole new life for you. It really does. It makes a whole new life that you didn't even know that would exist. And I never knew that there will always be I never knews because there's things in the last year that I never knew that I would go through and that's just motherhood and parenthood in itself we really don't know what's to come we really don't know the lessons that we're going to carry forward I don't know if my kids are going to like I don't know what my kids are going to do tomorrow if they're going to learn something new if Sam is going to actually say another word I don't know any of that I'd like to think good things are coming, and I think that they are, and progress for both my kids, and that's what I hope and pray for every night. Like when I talk about laying in bed and you have all these goals, mine pretty well have to do with the kids. I have my own stuff that I definitely am working on, but that's where the focus goes to. So, that's it for me this episode. Please let me know what you think. Um, on the places that on my Facebook page and that I do leave the link to 
each blog or each podcast. Sorry, I'm used to doing blogs, so I always mix up that word lately. Please let me know what you think. If there's anything you want me to chat about on a future episode, please message me and let me know. And I will certainly consider it because I'm mapping out what I would like to talk about and I might need your help on some stuff. So I would really appreciate it. You can find me at my Facebook page, Alex Cormier, author and autism mama. If you want to check that out for any updates on this or my upcoming books and stuff like that. Take care, be kind, have patience this time of year. And remember that everybody has their own shit going on and be nice to everybody. This January, personally in my life, has been as represents a lot of loss for people that I know. So be kind to everybody and always advocate for those who can't speak for themselves. Take care. <laughs>